baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So many countdown clocks on the TVs right now. CNN, countdown to Iowa. Nothing more exciting than a bunch of people sitting around a room in Iowa. We are two hours, 50 minutes, and 46 uh, 46 seconds away from Vern and Earl and Betty and Wendy sitting around in a church basement. It's going to be amazing. Amazing. Caroline Cummings from WCCO-TV is down in Iowa. She was a reporter in Iowa. She and I have been exchanging uh, some funny stories about both of our time covering the caucuses in Iowa because I covered it in 2000. And in 2000, I think Caroline Cummings was probably four. (laughs) So we'll, uh, we'll check in with Caroline down in Iowa. The countdown clock for that interview is set at 25 minutes away. So we'll talk to Caroline soon. Uh, but first, it is uh, time for our segment that features Dan Cook. We call it the Monday Message. That's not me playing the organ, by the way. Just It's me, actually. Anyway. Was it really? I don't think I can actually lie on the introduction to the Monday <laughs> Message. I'm pretty sure you just did. I just get struck right down, right down. Dan, the message, uh, and for people who don't know, you are a part-time pastor. Yes, a local church, yes, and you are, you know, you got your Preaching master's in divinity. I do a master's in divinity from, from Bethel Seminary. Mail order. Oh, not from mail. Bethel, no, not from an actual from Bethel Seminary. Right. Yeah, from Bethel Seminary. And this weekend, you talked about uh, sensing the call. Right. So this. So yesterday, I got to preach uh, on a passage from First Samuel, uh, chapter three, which and I'll give you the thumbnail version of it for those folks who aren't super familiar. Samuel is the last in the line of judges and the person who's going to be anointing uh, Saul as the first king of Israel and David to replace Saul. So he sort of represents this pivot point, a very important pivot point in the history of, of God's people. And the story in chapter 3 is about him first hearing God's call in his life. He's been training under a priest uh, named Eli, but he hadn't really heard God's call yet. In that, in fact, the very, one of the very first verses in the chapter says that the word of God was rare in those days. God, it was rare for people to hear from God at that point. In fact, it's so rare that when he first hears it, he doesn't know what it is. He thinks it's Eli calling to him. They're sleeping at night, and this voice comes and, and calls his name Samuel. He thinks it's Eli. He goes to Eli. Eli says, no, I didn't call for you. Go back to bed. You're, you're dreaming. And they do that three different times before Eli finally realizes that what must be happening is God calling Samuel. And so he Tell Samuel, here's how to reply. Stand up and say, you know, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Samuel then hears a message, and it's a tough message, which we'll talk about here in just a second, uh, that he has to then decide what is he going to do with this message. And I think a lot of us at various points in our lives find some sort of calling on whether you're a person of faith or not, you, you will find a calling on your life. It could be vocational. It could be career. And those are actually two very separate things. It could be something to do with your family. It could be something to do with just your life and direction in general. Whatever it is, we face strong callings. And the, and the 
first thing we have to do is discern what this calling is. Or, you know, is this something I'm supposed to be doing or is this something maybe I just want to do? I heard a speaker one time saying that when God puts a call in your life, if it's something that you know, you're like, oh, this is something I've been contemplating and I really want to do and I'm all excited for it, that's not actually your calling. Huh. But your calling almost always begins with something that's going to scare you to the point of saying, oh, man, I can't do that. Interesting. That's, you know, more. So you're not creating right. it in it's your mind. Self-generated. And in fact, the truth of the matter is that when you're discerning whether this is a call or not in your life, it really isn't something we need to or should be doing on our own. This is why you have people in your life. This is why you develop community, whether that's family or friends or mentors or a faith community, whatever it is, you need to have those two or three people in your life that you can go to and say, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm sensing. Here's what's going on. I don't know. Should, is this something I should be doing? Is this something I should be investigating? What should I do? You need to have those people in your life. Not that they ultimately make the decision for you, but they're going to give you feedback. We are designed as a species to be in community with each other. We are designed as people who are supposed to be able to lean upon one another. And you need to have those folks in your life. And between that sensing of that fear and that, that discernment that you can do with other people, you generally start to get a pretty good feel for, is this something I'm supposed to be doing or not? Once you do that, then it often takes a sense of courage to do it. Now, Samuel, the call that he receives is to then turn and tell his mentor, Eli, that his sons, who are a couple of ding-dongs who have been screwing around and not paying attention and not doing what they're supposed to be doing, are not going to inherit his priesthood. In fact, his priesthood is going to be at an end. Now, if you're Samuel, this is your mentor. This is the closest thing to the father figure you've ever had. That's got to freak you out to say that I've got to turn around and speak this truth to this person that I care to about. To your mentor. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a terribly difficult thing to do. And it requires courage. And that's another way you can sort of sense what something, what kind of call something is. If it's something that requires a certain amount of courage for you to respond to, yeah, that's probably means something. That's probably a pretty important sign. But that courage can come from another, a number of different places, right? It can come from that same friend, family and friend group, your faith community, whatever it is. It can come from just having peers around you saying, yeah, you don't have to go through this by yourself. But to those of us that maybe lack that, that group or maybe struggle to trust in, in certain folks in that regard, it can also come from God. If you think about the very nature of God, 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. And not just love, but the word that John uses for love there means a self-sacrificial, other-oriented, faithful kind of love. The kind of love that affirms us, the kind of love that supports us, the kind of love that says, I know this is hard. I know this is something maybe you don't necessarily want to do, but trust me, I will be with you through it all, and you're going to be better on the other side of this. Life is going to be better on the other side of this if you go through with this. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And So those are just some things that we were talking about yesterday in terms of the sermon about you know, these kind of calls are hard. And it's because sometimes it's big life things and sometimes it's, it's smaller things. But we're meant to do this together. We're meant to do this as community. We're meant to be supporting one another. And so at the end of the message, I was just asking the congregation, can, you, can you, I be somebody who you lean on? Mm. Can you be somebody who I lean on? Can together we lean on each other and figure out what these calls are for us individually and then for us as a community? Because it comes both ways. There are calls on individuals and there are calls 
on community. And for too long, in my opinion, uh, the church hasn't lived up to its calling of being something that reflects back towards people and institutions of power and saying, no, you're abusing this, you're doing this wrong. Instead, we've sought power to dominate over other people, and that's not the church's calling, in my opinion. Dan, it's interesting because I I was thinking about this today in the context of Martin Luther King Day, right? Because Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was also, you know, when you study the history of this time of the 50s and 60s, one of the the most interesting things about Dr. King uh, and that time was the debate inside black churches as to whether or not it was an appropriate role of the church to take on this, the, the calling that Dr. King felt, which was to to fight against, uh, really, the main institutions in America at that time and to really radically get involved in, in yeah. civil rights. Well, and, and more and you than, see that debate playing out today as you, well you in you know, different, different ways, but it's a similar discussion. It's a similar discussion. Not only was that being played out in, white church, or in black churches, but also in white churches. If you read his letter from a Birmingham jail, that's in response mainly to white churches saying, I support the cause that you're trying to advocate for, but the way that you're doing it uh, is only going to make people mad and it's only going to cause more violence. And that's something we hear all the time these days when there's direct action, right? When there's nonviolent protests. It's, well, I agree with the cause, but the way that you're doing it. And he goes point by point in this beautifully crafted letter. I know the canon is closed. I said this yesterday too. I know the canon is closed. But if you read letter from a Birmingham jail, man, it reads like an mm. epistle. I mean, it really does. Because it's very convicting to folks that would be tempted to say, yeah, I agree with the cause, but I just don't like how we're going about doing it. Not that everybody that goes about you know, activi- act, uh, acting out causes does it perfectly. There's always shortcomings there. Yeah. But you, from a comfortable position to say, oh, no, don't disrupt things too much in action for a cause, a cause that's trying to improve justice and trying to increase freedom, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. And it's absolutely the role of the church to speak truth to power and say, no, you're treating this particular group of people uh, without justice and without freedom, and that's wrong. That's, that's not the very charter under which this nation was created. That's the role of the church. Well, what do you say to people who are people of faith yes. who feel like they've never been called? No. The no. call never came. Am I a failure? Is there something wrong with me? Why haven't I heard a call? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Uh, no, first and foremost, you're not a failure. You're not a failure. And again, I point back to the story of First Samuel uh, where it took him you know, three tries. And maybe it's not three, maybe it's more, maybe it's less, whatever it is. But it took a series of tries for Samuel to even recognize that there was a call coming. So before you can even worry about what you're actually going to do with the call, you have to actually recognize what the call is. And not all of us are in positions where we're able to recognize that call whether it's spiritually, whether it's whatever else is going on in our lives. Maybe we're distracted. Maybe we've got other crises that we're trying to deal with. So, no, you're not a failure if you don't feel like you've heard that call yet. But, again, that's why I encourage people so strongly to form these kinds of relationships, these kind of close community-type relationships, uh, because there will be things that maybe you don't know if, if it's a call or not. And that's why you've got to be able to go to these people and say, okay, is this what's going on? Is this something that I'm supposed to be paying attention to or not? Because – you know, there's all kinds of things that will come at us on a day. We're drinking from a, a fire hose every day yeah. of inputs yeah. and stuff, and it's easy to miss things. Uh, and so as much of that as we can f- clear out with help from other people, the easier it's going to be to recognize calls. And then we have to decide if we're ready to respond to a call. I look back. I didn't come to faith until I was in my mid-30s. 
And there's plenty of times I think earlier in my life, God was checking in with me, asking me if it was, I was ready for a relationship yet. I didn't know what really what was going on at the time. I look back now and I clearly can understand what was going on, but I wasn't ready yet. And so it took a few tries before I got to a point where I was ready to hear yeah. that. And it completely changed my life once I was. It's really good. Really interesting. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Dan Cook with the Monday message here on CCO. Enjoyed it? Have thoughts? Have you ever felt a call? Have you changed your life in one direction or not? Love to hear from you. Uh, text calls, 651 uh, Or you can email, email us anytime. You can reach Dan by emailing Jason at W... Uh, no. I, I was at doing Odyssey. so well. At Odyssey. Odyssey. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Jason at Odyssey.com. It is 421 back in just a minute here on CCO. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.